I have to really ask a lot of questions, but I feel like this is not going to. It won't no, be. no, no! Don't worry, don't worry. I, I think that I'm going to ask you questions this right, time. Right. Like, yeah, I'm going to be the the one who makes the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. I'll try to be an open book um, about everything. I'm glad. Um, I I feel like I should still. I'll introduce you. Um, Perfect. First of all. Um, because I have a primarily English-speaking audience, um, uh, and you you still have like a, a huge following, especially on Instagram. But um, just for the people that um, <laughs> might not know about you, um, it's uh, you go by it's Diwali Diwali Cosmica. Perfect. Um, and uh, your name is Camila Noville. Is that okay? Um, Perfect. Okay, good. And. Uh, from I've been I've been following your page I think since you you first reached out to me although I think I was aware of it a little bit before because of it's like one year ago I think yeah or more than one year ago I don't know yeah I remember you sent you a message but I can't remember if it was like September 2020 I think when I looked back it was like yeah it was yeah June yeah it was it was a while ago it was uh, like really long ago yes yeah yeah um but uh Yeah, I I think I, I have actually met some friends that like they I think I see some people like they follow you on Instagram. Uh, really? Uh, maybe from Argentina. You're Argentinian yeah, friends. Yeah, mostly Argentina. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm kind of curious um, because you're interested in psychology, you're interested in spirituality. Um, yes. You you write. Um, I'm kind of uh, like you seem to have a lot of different um, areas of interest, and they all seem to neatly. Um, converge. Um, I'm kind of wondering just if you could give a quick kind of uh, explanation of like your backstory and how you came into these interests and um, I guess what you consider your identity to be if you consider it as like a Perfect. one specific thing. I will try to do my best. So my background <laughs> is actually quite weird because when I finished high school I started studying law. So I finished my law BA mm -hmm. and when I finished my law BA I'm It was 2019, so all those years since I finished high school until I finished my law BA, like it was like five years. So mm -hmm. all those years I was like working in corporate jobs, so law-related jobs, nothing to do with astrology, nothing to do with psychology. But I have always liked astrology a lot since I'm a little kid. And then <laughs> you're saying, for example, since I was 15 to, uh, until I was like 22, 23, like a lot of things happened in my life. So like very difficult stuff to deal with. So I think in that period of my life, I had to like, apart from therapy and all those things, like more traditional stuff, I had to go to for things that were like beyond like the physical world. I have to like find some kind of like answer or something in something more spiritual. So I started getting more interested in astrology, especially uh, I entered to astrology because I love Carl Jung. I don't know how you pronounce it, yeah. Jung or Young. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> because <laughs> I always mess it up with Spanish so I love him a lot and I started getting into astrology because of his writings and then in 2019 I came to Budapest for a, like a family trip and I told my mom oh, I want to live here I was like mama was like okay Camila you can dream and then I applied for a scholarship and I came here to study psychology which if everything goes right I will be finishing next month so that's the story like my my background has actually nothing to do with it. it's astrology or psychology then when I was like older I got into that world mm. 
And like, just as like an aside, um, I'm not sure how much other people are aware of this, but Argentina has, I think, one of the highest concentrations of um, like uh, practicing yes. like psychoanalysts also. Like everybody that I meet is pretty much studying psychology. Do you have like yeah. a, yeah, like an insight into maybe why that is? Like, um <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very, it's very fun because every time I t- tell my, talk about with my, I'm talking with my professors and tell them like everyone in Argentina goes to therapy. It's something very common. Like they, people kind of judge, no, they don't judge you. It's like, you don't go to therapy. It's like, how do you deal with life? If you don't go to therapy. Yeah, yeah. So everyone goes to therapy. And I was like trying to get to some paper or something like that. And I, and I found like a, like a news, like a, like a news from like the N- CNN. Mm-hmm. Telling like in Argentina, in Argentina, therapy is a must. Everyone goes to therapy, and that's true. Like, I think we have like the, we are the country with more psychologists in the world. I think we are still mm-hmm. like in the top ranking, yeah. and I think it has to do with like one thing I really love Argentina is like people are very open minded, mm-hmm. and I think we have been through a lot of things. For example, not only like maybe we haven't been to wars or things like that, like European countries have been, we only have been through one world which was terrible. But it's not actually our history. It's like more something about like the people. People are always trying to wait, like progress. I was wondering about it. Someone else is going to listen to me. It's like, ah, poor girl. She's all innocent. She thinks everyone wants to progress in life. Like I'm even blushing because I don't know how other people think. But I think, yeah, I think this is because of that. Like people are like trying to, at least they really try to do like the inner work. They are more open mm-hmm. to do the inner work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do like, I guess, talking to other Argentines, it is like, um, they're very, uh, I don't want to stereotype, but I guess like not super judgmental. You can, you can, you can. I won't yeah. get offended. <laughs> I, I, even, I think they're very funny, the series of Argentinian people. So actually I found the very funny. I notice it's it's between Chileans and Argentines. That's where like I notice a lot of like like you can kind of compare. But I was reading this book like while I was like traveling, where um, it was like an anthropology book, and they talk about this thing called schismogenesis, which is this idea that cultures that are initially not that different because they're right next to each other, they really want to define themselves as not the other yes. culture, so they'll start really exaggerating differences. And I was kind of wondering, because you always hear like, oh, Chileans like this, Argentines like this, if it's like a, maybe it's a product of that. Um, but that's like a, as a, an aside. But yeah, the, uh, um, I notice also like when I go out in Argentina and you meet people, yes. um, in general, they're, it's not like Canada where they're not like unloading a lot of problems or like people are like drinking. Like, I mean, people are still getting like drunk, but they're not like a, it's not like a, it, there's not this dark undertone sometimes, and I. Wonder I totally understand because... what you're saying. It's, it's not something you can actually explain. It's like like a vibe. It's the vibe in the air. Yeah, yeah. Because I think people they don't. It's a bit a bit of a stigma here to go to therapy. Um, and we so, still in Canada. I think a, maybe maybe half stigma and half like um, it's expensive and the quality yeah. of care isn't always great. Um, the. Uh, uh, People kind of use their friends for uh, therapy, therapy, especially if they get drunk. Something you shouldn't do, but you no, shouldn't no. do. This is the only thing you shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't use your family. Don't use your friends. Don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I find that really interesting about uh, Argentina. And you want to, uh, you want to eventually go into like clinical psychology or is it more out of uh, curiosity, I guess? 
it's it's question is good because of course I want to do the master and everything I would love to do, but I don't really for me it's the same if I do a like a social work master or a psychology master, it's like or neuroscience master, it's the same. To be honest, I just I do it I study because I like it. It's mm-hmm. not because I just want to like hundred percent be like a psychologist. I don't know that. I just want to have the knowledge because I think it's very important for me in my work. And I think it's very important for me as a human being. So it's just, mm-hmm. I know, so I love to study. I think mm-hmm. it, may, it gives me purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess you also from... study psychology. You also I, study yes. psychology. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I'm currently, I just graduated school and uh, like I was able to do research and I'm kind of uh, right now kind of in a research lab still, but very kind of loose because I'm working on the channel, but I do want to go back into doing research. I don't know if I'll go into grad school. I'm kind of figuring that out, but it's like, yeah, I do also like studying a lot. Um, yeah. 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 And I can't imagine that. Like your job, it's like you have to study, like you don't have another, it's like you need no. to be always like. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. reading and reading and reading and reading. Yeah. And I like doing it, which is good. Like it's like quite, I'm happy now because it's getting sunny and I can like go and read outside more, which is a get an excuse to get out of the apartment. But um, yeah, I don't know. My plans are uh, very loose also, I guess. I don't think too far ahead with this stuff. Um, the best thing you can do. The best thing you can do. The best thing. That's yeah, so healthy. Yeah. Such a healthy human being. <laughs> don't think so much about the future. It's, an, yeah. it's very only you only have to think about it if you have deadlines to apply for like a master or things like that. Then you should be thinking about it. If not, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Best mm-hmm. don't don't. Yeah. But for example, you would be open to live like for example, like I don't know, take some years to travel. Like your job is very remote, so you could actually yeah. do it from everywhere. Yeah, like it was kind of nice to like when I traveled to Patagonia. It was like a whole month of I you know, I'm still thinking about things and like experiencing things, which helps with the channel. So it's like, in a way I'm still working, but yeah, I'm not, uh, I, I don't feel like I'm like, like I'm missing out on something or like hours or like, um, like I can always return to it. And I feel very like grateful about that. And, um, I suppose like in some way you too also kind of have a, a pretty like loose, uh, like career in terms of like, it gives you some level of like, uh, freedom. Um, you know that I think, I think yes, but I think I go to the other side. So I will. I think like I'm. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really good with that because I think I, I overwork myself mm-hmm. too much. Too much. I'm obsessed with my job. I think I put too much energy. I hope like the years to come. Like for example, since I moved to Budapest, I think I put too much energy on work because in Argentina you always get distracted. You have like too many gatherings, too many plans, too many things here. There are not so many things to do. And also in winter, it's like. It's like 4 p.m. There's no sun. Like I have never experienced that in my life. So I got like obsessed with my job. I was like work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like trying to like change this mentality and put like, okay, I should be more chill. Nobody's going to die. I'm not a doctor. Nobody's going to jail. I'm not doing law. So I can chill a bit. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing is like I, I, uh it's like a bit of a stereotype with like Latin America in general and compared to North America work culture, but it's like, we do just kind of like work and then go home and then like repeat, um, which still happens obviously like in Argentina, but there is like a bit more of a taking your time and kind of like, uh, not really, it's not all revolving around that. 
Um, no, at all. Like, I think, like, really, I always uh, tell my friend that she has, like, two jobs, her corporate job, and then he has, like, her friendship shop, like, where she's like, always <laughs> organizing gatherings, and we are going to this bar, we are going to this, uh, like, weekend trip, we are going to do that. Like, they're always doing those kind of stuff. So when I came here, I was like, oh, my God, I have so much free time. And then when I go to Argentina, it's like, how am I going to be able to focus <laughs> if everyone is... <laughs> Just coming to my house. I'm not even leaving the house. People are coming without telling they are coming to my house. It's like how I'm supposed to write that thesis with this right. I'm doing yeah. with my portfolio. <laughs> um, for, first, I want to ask what kind of, I guess, on the topic of career or job, like what would you consider your role is right now? Like maybe not your career, but like vocation or like what you're kind of doing. Um, yeah, like uh, which could be tricky. I think what I'm... I think not like I think what I'm think I'm my identity is more like related to I think like first I'm a writer I, I would say that's what mm. I feel like I'm most comfortable doing even nowadays the fact like social media like life itself it makes you go through like different paths mm. paths but I think my like my identity is always going to be like close to writing mm-hmm. that's that's my love and now I think I'm more like a social media manager I don't know but I will say that my love is writing right okay um and do you like uh how do you find like inspiration with like writing like how do you find kind of the the motivation first thing I think is like hearing people's stories like everyone 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 is like everyone is interesting everyone has a story to tell and I think that's what I love about people the most like everyone you meet has a story Mm. and I think like I can capture like a like a small piece of that story and turn it into a text or a small like summary or story whatever. I think like from everyone I can learn something and also when I think when someone opens their heart and like show me their story when I write it when I write things down I think like in a way I am like protecting that part of their life like from time, you know, it's like protecting from time so it doesn't get nobody forgets about this part of you because it's like so amazing. And it's like, no, no, I think it's, I'm afraid of time. I think <laughs> I think I'm afraid of, the, of time. I'm afraid of time banishing everything. I'm afraid of that. Like people forgetting, people forgetting mm. about what's important. People forgetting about their history, about other people's. So I'm afraid of like people forgetting, I guess. So that's what I love about writing the most that you can make things you can play a trick on time and make things last forever. Hmm. I really like that. That's like, um, I think that's, yeah, that's something that I was thinking about a lot when I was in Patagonia also because it was autumn and that's like a, a season where I think you become very aware of like uh, things changing and like the falling leaves okay. and the weather changing. Um, and then just being on this trip and like you meet people and you experience things and you just like... Uh, I, I, I had a conversation with my brother who I was traveling with where it was like that, like you almost have this impulse sometimes to try to like, like grab it all and like yes! hold, hold on to it as much as possible. Um, but that can almost kind of ruin it too. Like sometimes it's just good to just like, you just like breathe and you just kind of trust that like these things, maybe they won't be like, m- like memories. You're not going to remember every single thing, but it's like kind of the, 
the imprint it leaves on you, like you will kind of come out of it like changed in some way. And that's like a, that's my way of dealing with it. But, but I also get like uh, scared with like time and stuff like that. The nostalgic, the nostalgic vibe. Very sentimental. Yeah. I agree. I feel you. I feel you. I totally feel you. But don't you think like in a way, like I used to be very, very, very nostalgic, but I, especially when people, you know, when someone is in your life and then they go away and you're like, Oh, I wish that person was still here because people are like teachers and also like, like for a lot of things you want people mm -hmm. to stay in your life but once i one like i think it wasn't like yeah one of my therapists told me that but camila you don't have to be like this because that thing that you love about that person the most you have already once you have spent that amount of time with that person i have you seen that for example a trait that you love about someone a lot for example mm -hmm. someone's very generous and you love that and you wish that person stayed in your life and you in a way everything Every person that uh, goes in your path, you still have something from them forever. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it lives inside you. So, although the memory can be banished by time, although the person, you can never talk to that person again, there's something about that person that will live with you forever. Mm. Yeah. So, in a way, they will never leave. Yeah. No, there's... Uh, uh... Like the last video I made before I left, I was talking about interbeing, um, which is like a concept in active Buddhism. I mean, mm -hmm. just in Buddhism in general. And it's like this idea that we're all some very connected, but like we're all connected. But like, uh, but just the idea that like the people that you meet previously and the people that you're going to meet later, it's all it's almost like time is a flat circle. Like they're all with you all at the the same time, um, and it's 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 important to always remember that and then you know if you're really tuned into that you're never really going to feel lonely like the fact that like your ancestors are going to they're still with you in some way and like even the people that you met a week ago that you won't meet again they're still with you in some way um and the only way to kind of honor their physical absence is to like kind of uh appreciate their 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 presence in your life in in other ways like as if they're like an aspect of you i think um if that makes sense i totally agree like i couldn't agree more with you and i think with the ancestors with with something that has been very helpful for me to like to this like to reconnect with my past and with my roots for example it's like my my family is like from my daughter's that side they're italians but from my mom's side they are half spanish from canary island and a half indigenous from like Santiago del Estero, that is like a, pro a province in Buenos Aires, in Argentina, uh, near Buenos Aires. So San they were from Santiago del Estero. And I like, they're, they have like, we have like very, very deep roots from them. So my mother was telling me that something very important is to talk to them out loud. Mm -hmm. For example, to ask for protection or ask for guidance, especially for your ancestor, like to know that in a way they are like protecting you and guiding you. That's a very, mm -hmm. like, it's like in, in the indigenous roots, it's like very important to, in a way, like always be like, instead of like only praying to a God, like praying to them, like trying mm -hmm. to like, in some way, honor their existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's something that's very much missing in, I guess, at least in Canada, like I notice, especially the constant uh, kind of honoring and remembering of, I think it's like Los Desaparecidos, like the, like from the, the dictatorship, um, like that's like a, a there, Argentina doesn't seem, or the Argentines don't seem that uh, resistant 
into looking back at their past. And we love with Argentina. Argentina. <laughs> when you do the natal chart of Argentina, we are cancer. And cancer is about like the past. We love, in Argentina, we love, we mm -hmm. love the past. Like mm -hmm. we drink mate, we do all these things that our ancestors, we asado, the gatherings all together, the family, the friends, mm -hmm. like eating all empanadas, like drinking mate, like we love, like we love the past. So mm. much. We love it in everything. Yeah. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not that good. Yeah, yeah, because you can, uh, sometimes it can stop you from moving on. Like it can stop you from <laughs> progressing. Uh, yeah, from progressing. But also at the same time, sometimes it can give you in like insight into how to progress, like how to actually totally. live in the present. And I don't think, I don't know, Canada, we're a very young country and we also just haven't had, I think, the same traumas in 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 this in the same context we've certainly had especially with the indigenous here um, yes but you have like a huge huge amount of like indigenous people there yes and yeah and we, a lot of them are treated quite poorly and no matter which government comes in they always promise to do things and they never really do anything like a really poor water quality uh and huge substance abuse issues and um Just so they have been very like separate, like from they have yeah. they hadn't been like honoring them. For example, they have been very no. separate from society. They, they have like no laws or something that protects them at their land. Also, like kind of like there's like there's some laws, but then those laws also like there's there is there is a, a sort of racism in Canada um, towards Indigenous people. Whoa, I, really? I Because like, everyone thinks about kind of like Canada. Uh, yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's no uh, racism. We make, a, we make a very good image of ourselves, I think, sometimes. But we, uh, there was like a, a couple. Everyone of loves Canada. They say Canadian oh, yeah. people are so always so nice. Even in the Simpsons, they say the Canadian people are nice. Well, I mean, if the Simpsons say it, then I guess. Say <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, like, um, like regarding the laws, there was. I think uh, I might mess up the story a little bit, but in like the East Coast, they they give. Yeah. Uh, indigenous people the um, ability to basically fish as much as they want so there's no restrictions and the white uh, fishers like they can't do the same thing so they started like uh, kind of messing with and like harassing the indigenous like fishers like a lot and it became like a huge which is like not the right way to go about it like if you disagree with the law <laughs> you, you go to the you go you go and try to figure that out like legally like whatever mm. your opinion is on it but so it's like there's a lot of um resentment and then also just like very negative stereotypes towards indigenous and then the fact that we've like they're on reservations like they're in their own um kind of thing it's like not a reality that like canadians really have to confront that much Um, so it would be good if we were a bit more like, I guess, like, uh, aware of our, of our past in some ways, like, uh, for better or for worse. because I think it would, it would help with like not repeating the same mistakes and maybe making the present okay. better for other people. But. Knowing from you, where you come from, like not being aware of like it having like deep roots, I think it's important. Like, of course, like, because it gives you like, you build in a, like a more stable land, when you are like aware of your past and where you come from well i think of it as like when you go to therapy and you're like you're depressed and you don't know why and then you start looking back into your your past like maybe your parents or something happened when you were a kid it's like it can give like a even if it's like painful it gives like a narrative which i think is really story is or i think is very important is how we build 
like stories like for ourselves um which is i think going back to writing is like that's why it's such an important tool for for anybody um Uh, it's so important the story that we tell ourselves i think it defines everything Mm. like and being so being aware of the story we are telling ourselves of ourselves our like possibilities our dreams like everything is so important i think like even nowadays that we are so aware we are like we have so much information i think even nowadays we are not aware of how important is like our inner dialogue. I think it's like the root of everything. Meditation in a way is for that. It's like mm-hmm. being able to sit still and like calm your mind. So inner dialogue, I think, I don't know, but changing my inner dialogue was one of the things I would like say that changed my life the most, for sure. How did you uh, go about changing your inner dialogue? <laughs> In a very, very, very uh, stupid and way. But for example, if I'm like catch myself talking something like, yeah, like treating me wrong, like mentally, like saying bad things about myself, like, oh, for example, Camila, you are not pretty enough or you are not intelligent enough or you should be working harder or things like that. Like I just stop my, try to stop my mind by telling things out loud. For example, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, I'm great. Like, I'm great. I am great the way I am. I, um, I'm a good person. I have good values. I am always trying to help people, like trying to <laughs> reconnect with my values. So I mm-hmm. like, I remember what's really important in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think like talking out loud, like trying yeah. to change the narrative out loud. It is the best way of cutting that thought off. <laughs> I think it's like, um, yeah, there's like in acceptance and commitment therapy, you can, uh, you're taught to like, basically give your brain like a, a name. Like yeah oh i like that i like that i haven't heard about that please tell me yeah i i don't that's the extent i know about it but i guess they also use it in like eating disorders um they'll tell the person to give like anorexia a name so then they can like they're not they're no longer like anorexic or like you're no longer depressed it's like you are a person with that and it's like dealing with like kind of a bad roommate almost and you have to kind of communicate with them and like tell them like okay we're gonna do something else today or um yeah it goes very like uh it goes back to like stoicism a lot i think and like kind of buddhism like this is like really old like uh um but very effective techniques still i think Um, totally i know that you're a huge fan of stoicism i know yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. I think it's like well, it's so ingrained with like a cognitive behavioral therapy um, and like a lot of uh, psych practices today. Um, and it's funny because it was just a group of like different thinkers across like decades and like centuries. But and they were just kind of mostly writing for themselves, but they came to kind of similar conclusions about um, you know how to basically like like train their brain to deal with the uncertainty of life and everything, which I think is just everybody that's, there's probably not a single person that, that uh, like couldn't benefit from, from stoicism in some way. Um, totally. I wish they would like teach this kind of things in school because I think like the teenage phase is like so complex for a lot of people mm-hmm. and if we had like more space for these kind of subjects that actually are not only about like just knowledge it's like knowledge life knowledge <laughs> not only about the knowledge it's like actually tools for life to deal with mm-hmm. like stress things like that i think we would be in such a much more healthier mental state especially nowadays because i think 
nowadays, like being mentally healthy, you need to protect yourself a little bit more than, for example, 20 years ago. Things mm. like in, nowadays is we need to train adolescents how to survive, I think, like mm -hmm. to live like a healthy life in this like super extra connected world where everyone is, you know, about the life of everyone. You are like all the time surrounded by a lot of stimuli. So I think adolescents should have like this life training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, somebody kind of illustrated the kind of problem like with social media where it's like when yeah. you, um, you like back 20 years ago, if you were getting like bullied or like you felt really bad about yourself, you could at least go home afterwards and like you have like disconnect. a safe space. Yeah, you can disconnect. Yeah. But now it's like you go home and it's just still all there. Um, and it's, it's, you're basically constantly being told, um, totally like that you're invalid Everything. in like some way. Yeah. Totally. Like, for example, you feel, I don't know, you feel ugly. You go on Instagram, you will find like endless picture of perfect people you find you feel yourself like i'm not being successful like you open your phone it's like you tv phone everything like success like this it's like it's very difficult to protect your mental health nowadays we need to be trained for this like new world we are living and what i find interesting is that when you talk to a lot of the people that are like perfect they also have like the same like body issues and the same kind of concerns and i've always been interested in um like the people that the rest of the population finds really successful how their mental health is like are we actually yeah. valuing the the outcomes and qualities that actually make people like happier and like healthier or are we kind of like is everyone like missing the mark and even like you like look at wealthy people or like celebrities they're still like the the I don't think anyone would argue that like the richest man in the world is also going to be the happiest man in the world. It's not like a, and, and I guess like on that topic, I'm kind of wondering, is this where spirituality starts to serve a purpose? Because we seem to be very good at like um, pursuing and achieving material. Um, yes. means. And to a certain point, material means are really important for, I mean, you're going to be happier if you're financially stable. Like, you don't have to be rich, but to pay your bills and like... Yes, of course. It gives you like a kind of mental peace. Okay, now I can worry about other things, like a basic yeah. need. When you have... Yeah. It's like the pyramid of needs, Maslow. Mm -hmm. so like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and... But then it's like, it's like once you have those things, there's still like in Canada, there's still a lot of people that... It's, it's a very like, a, maybe at least before the pandemic, very kind of middle income compared to the rest of the world, a very rich country. We still have very like lots of very depressed people, lots of very lonely people. Um, and it's like, what what is missing? Is there maybe like a spiritual component? Can can spirituality kind of uh, uh, maybe provide some sort of answers that material uh, things can't? Don't you think that is also like about like human connection? Because it's not like, I think like just a coincidence that countries that are more like community oriented to have like less depressed like rates, mm -hmm. the suppression rates. So I think like it's also about like human contact and human touch. We I think we really, we are losing human connection. Like this is like really, like, I was reading a paper the other day that it's like say people are having less sex than ever. So people are not having sex. People are not seeing each other. Like we are not connecting humans with humans. And it's of course how everyone is going to get depressed if like we are not like having real human connection, like quality human connection. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, the only time we yeah. tends to seem to like connect is when people are like drunk or things like that. <laughs> it's like the only <laughs> yeah. way they are like actually connecting. I think that's a really interesting distinction because um, I think it might be like a bit of both because uh, there are people that get into kind of neo-spiritualism, um, okay. but they only do it out of like their own sort of need for like self-actualization or they're only doing it for like, there's this like, um, there's this one, oh, I forget exactly what it's called. It's called like, uh, like Mick Buddhism or Mick mindfulness where people kind of have co-opted um, like, like Zen Buddhism in order to, okay. to up their productivity at work or something like that, which kind of is missing the whole point yes. of, of Buddhism. <laughs> Um, and then also like people go to uh, like, I don't know, Coachella like festivals and stuff where it's like, they're like, or like Burning Man where it's like kind of spiritual, but it's like very much like promoting like yourself on Instagram with like, um, kind of, uh, it's it's the aesthetic, I think. Um, and then I, it, like, I totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> no, but it's yeah. like, it's true. And then at the same time, I think that there's people that are like, um, they are looking for human contact all the time, but it's more mm-hmm. out of validation and not out of genuine like uh, communion or community. Like you're not really, you're not really looking for uh, a sense of community that you'll be a part of. You're just like looking to be validated by the other. You're looking to be like, um, and people do that in like romantic relationships. They do that like um, with like hobbies, with jobs, with, with social media a lot, like there's still a connection, but it's like, maybe not the, the sort of quality connection that makes people feel happier. Um, so I guess like what I'm saying is maybe it's like a, a bit of a combination, like there needs to be like a, uh, I guess, a this is going to sound like I'm starting a cult, but like more of like a spiritual community, <laughs> like, uh, like presence, I guess, in people's lives in some way. Um, you can't you really have one without the other. I think it's very interesting what you were saying because I feel like when I was young, like well, I I went to like through this like very like a lot of things happened in my life, so I was a little bit lost throughout during a lot of years, and I went during this. I have been always being very like lonely. I was like liked to be alone a lot, but during sometimes like I specifically like kind of withdraw myself from everyone. And went to this phase where I was like having like very minimum social content because I felt that I was so broken and I, my identity was so demolished by all the things that happened that I had to spend time alone to reconnect with myself. And then once, and it took me like a lot of years, to be honest, it took me like a lot of years. But then once I could like, okay, I'm, I'm this person. I'm not, nobody else can define me. I know who I am whatever you say about me, like I'm strong enough to go back to social life again. So I think in a way it's good when people take this time like out to say, okay, I don't know who I am. I feel oh, maybe something happened and I feel broken. I need to heal from this. And then you go back. Mm-hmm. But it's important to like, especially I think when you are young, to be very, very aware of like knowing who you are without the people that's, that's who you are when you are alone who you are, where you're not surrounded by people who are telling you who you are. That's, I think, is very important because that's when you can actually build an identity, when you can actually see yourself for who you are. 
So mm-hmm. sometimes it's good like to go on a trip far away of your home or like a long trip or like isolate yourself a little just to reconnect yourself, especially after you've been through a hard period. Mm-hmm. So you can then go back and nobody's going to tell you the story of your life, you know, because sometimes when you are naive, especially I was very naive and I was like soft, very soft, soft and naive. And yeah, and I feel like people take advantage of people like that. I'm like, they are telling you who you are. So you need to be strong enough. So nobody can tell you the story of your mm-hmm. life. I, well, that's I think that's a, yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. I think that there's, I've always been curious about online spaces, especially for like young men, um, that they, they are really effective at constructing narratives uh, about okay. other people's identities and these people, their identities are not fully formed. They're like, okay. they're like, they're naive like they're desperately searching for like an answer and then you have these like angry charismatic people that like come in and be like oh the world is like is all this. messed up and you're like going you know they you you can like uh, save them you just have to like buy this course or you just have to do this and it's like so bad because it's like it's it's like 12 year old boys or like 14 year old boys and they're like you know, they're going to grow up and who knows what sort of like worldviews they end up with. Totally. And then you think about yourself at that age. We mm-hmm. didn't have maybe that access, you know, that's why something, some, some problems are like nowadays problems. Like when you were 12, when I was 12, I didn't have a, well, of course, my parents didn't allow me don't even to have a computer, a cell phone, a television, anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, in a way, I was like very protected from all this outward mm-hmm. So I think nowadays there are like new problems <laughs> that social media, like this super, 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 super like exposure to media and like technology is bringing new generations, like new problems. that I think we need to be aware, like special like schools, universities and these kind of institutions to know how to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Especially just like the, the constant information overload and everything like the uh, traveling like you have a lot of time to linger like you have a lot of time to like you're yes you're moving a lot but you have a lot of time to just like um you're so away from the noise depending on where you travel but like being in like Patagonia it's like bad internet connection and like it's magic right yeah like you're just like with with nature which is nice and um, yeah, the more... internet connection is so shitty so shitty you barely have like phone connection yeah but it's good yeah. it's good it's great. Well, all you're worried about is just like you got to get up at like five to like uh, go hike or something. You're like, um, it's and you better. Hopefully the bakery's open or something. Like you're just it's so like immediate. Like, like, what I'm going to have for breakfast? Yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the there's this one philosopher Byung-Chul Han who um, like he I writes about. Him. Oh yeah, no, you're a. Uh, yeah I, he, I, I love him he's like a, he did his thesis i even know about what he studied because i don't know, i think he studied in germany and he did his thesis about schopenhauer so he's like a super fan of schopenhauer yeah yeah no he's uh i actually just bought one of his books at the um what is that called because i couldn't find it in english i found it in spanish but i, I don't think my spanish is going to be good enough to to read this but, eros, uh, like the, the agonia de eros no it was um it was the what is it called? Atonio? Like the, the, the theater that became like a, a bookshop in Buenos Aires. I know Ateneo. 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 <gasps> yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. They have like a good selection of Byung-Chul Han and there was one where he wrote on like Zen Buddhism. So I'm like, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that, but, um, yeah, no, that's a beautiful place. But the, the, what I was saying is like, he, he very much like believes that the practice of lingering of like letting mm-hmm. things kind of like sit, letting things be like processed is like completely gone now. And it's just like constant consumption, um, which leads to kind of like a self obliteration and kind of like getting away from like the, the present at all. Um, because yes. that could be potentially painful and, pain is like where the creative process happens and that's why there isn't really as much creativity anymore this is like his uh his overall his like thoughts i think but uh i i think with social media it's like lingering is you're just you're constantly consuming things to kind of not have to to linger to not actually have to process anything in particular you're like just sampling uh things constantly Yes, like I yes, 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 yes. Especially like I think like the bad thing about like this the culture and like everything that we are too used to this thing. Like everything in a way can be replaced. Everything is instant, and you should like you can be sad. Like everything's like oh, you can change it for another thing. You should be like even like emotional processes like are not very well like accepted you know by like this time. Like no, no, no. You should be okay. You are you your heart got broken. Okay. Just in two, three days, you have, like, there are so many people in this world. You're going to be sad for one person. It's like, come on, boy. Like, not everyone is the same. Some people are special. Like, let me cry, please. If yeah. I want to cry, let me cry. Thank you very much. But I, I, I understand sometimes you need to move on. Mm-hmm. And also, I think sometimes we just get fall in love with ideas, not with people. But that's another story. Uh, but we need to, like get the process back because then people are like of course they are depressed because they think everything is instant mm-hmm. yeah and of course yeah. they're depressed because even when they get it they it's like oh but this didn't brought me happiness no amigo that was not going to brought you happiness it's like the process mm-hmm. what you were expecting come on mm-hmm. yeah like, thank no god i mean like I... nowadays sorry thank god. thank god i'm not a child nowadays because i would be <laughs> not good. it wouldn't be good for me yeah 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 no that's a i'm glad i just avoided like that I, I grew up at least like with like uh not constantly online that wasn't until like a high yes school. i mean oh, i love that i love yeah. that <laughs> but yeah no because i guess I, I i reached out to you um and i was like uh i had like a bit of a heartbreak moment and just on the topic of that like it's like uh like yeah because it was probably like three or four days of just being very like sad and not really knowing what to do but also like the um there is something about once you're out of that where the process itself is very um like i don't know you 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 appreciate life like you 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 see kind of the ebbs and flows like the ups and downs and it's quite beautiful in a way like it's like uh you still like appreciate it and you kind of come out of it with a sort of like serenity or like calmness i think like uh um which i i appreciate i guess because yeah people are just like they the, they'll go through like a heartbreak or like a breakup and then they immediately will just go and do really impulsive things or they'll just just anything to get them out of the the moment and sometimes at least for me i was like i recognized i hadn't had that feeling in a while and it was good to just kind of sit there and feel it even though it was quite painful um but yeah yeah you just need to give you i think like when you 
don't feel your emotions in time i think people are some people are really i'm not really good at that i wish sometimes but i'm not to like sometimes to block my emotions and put it aside but i think when you do that i have i've done that only once in my life and i think when emotions came back to me they hit me so hard so hard it was like a boomerang and once it came back it destroyed me and i think like repressing your emotions not giving you that time for like grieving like to for like sadness like to make like your process your own personal emotional process mm-hmm. it will damage you more like maybe in one year you know like on some months like you would be even worse if you have like blocked that and no no i will just get into a relationship or something like that no 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 and that way you're going to hurt yourself yeah. the person you're going to like you know there's a saying in spanish like like if you don't if you don't heal your wounds you're going to spread your blood on other people mm, mm. that's really that's really good okay, and really dark it's like very, it's very hard but <laughs> in a way it's true like if you don't heal yourself you you're going to like like everyone is going to get hurt like people are going to get hurt mm-hmm. so you really need to give yourself that time also you will grow a lot out of that experience but of course that's shitty when you you know that feeling when you're so sad that you can even feel like you can you know like move places because you're so sad it's horrible oh what do you mean like you move like uh oh like have you been like something so sad like it's like i can't move out of this car like this seat like this my bed or something i'm so sad i don't have the energy it's horrible yeah yeah yeah, it just feels like it physically feels. Um, oh, you feel kind of horrible. sick, like you're. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. it's the yeah. worst. It's the horrible. It's horrible. Like blood is horrible. Like I well, think that's horrible. It's like every every organism. Like when you poke it, it's gonna want to move away. But the problem is, yeah. is, like when you're sad and it's like inside, it's like you don't have anywhere to go. So you just feel like you're you're constantly trying to not be where you are. But you you know that no matter wherever you go, you're still gonna feel this way. Um, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you are like sad and there's like a lot of people and you are like numbed out of your own sadness. Like you can't focus on anything else. Like just, yeah. I don't know, missing that person. That feels oh, terrible. Yeah. So like, I know this. We're we sitting here saying like, oh, you should go through that process. Like, but man, I feel you. Like that shit is horrible. Like I wouldn't yeah. desire that for anyone. That's terrible. Right. That's horrible. Yeah. Like horrible. my, my, word of advice from that isn't as much as like people should actively seek out um suffering it's more like you will inevitably confront suffering in life and then if if you're if you're going through it the best thing to do is to probably like uh, i mean if you can't do anything about it like if it's grief um the best thing to do is to really like probably sit with it for a little bit like honestly sit with it not like wallow in it and make it like self-pity and you're like oh my god i'm like such a victim or like this happened but just like a just genuinely just feel like the emotion and you know and then like you said then maybe you won't create more suffering by trying to avoid it because it will always like come back um in some way just you have to give yourself the space, and but I also think if you give yourself the space, I think even it's horrible what I'm saying because I feel like I'm speculating. But when you give yourself yourself the space to feel, it mm-hmm. goes away, away faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not speculating. This is my experience. So I don't know what to do with other people. But I think when I give myself the space, it just and also one thing that it helped me a lot during hard times is just 
sometimes that I'm trying to do it, especially nowadays that I'm older, and it's like just surrender. When something didn't work, especially when it comes to love, when something didn't work, it's just surrender, like, and just accept it. I just accept it. And once my friend told me, like, the fact that it works, it's an exception. So it's very common to get your heart broken. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to date people, you want to know people, like, go out in life, it's impossible not to get hurt. So when you're kind of in a way, like, accepting that and, like, normalizing that, yeah, it's impossible not to get hurt. It's impossible, like, to protect your heart from yeah. everything. It's like, it's not life. It's like you're avoiding life. Well, I always think of it as because I have this problem where I can like uh, I don't I don't think it's common for me to get like intense hurt. feelings for somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then to end up getting hurt. But uh, what ends up happening is like when I do, it's very much like I love the idea of like uh, trying to hold onto sand like in your hand, where like you can only really hold sand by like keeping your like palm open, and then the more you try to like actually hold onto it and squeeze it, the more it will fall out. And I, I can like end up kind of holding on too much or trying to hold on too much yeah. that it actually just makes things worse. And kind of there's a sort of potency in maybe not detachment, but accepting um, kind of uh, loss or change that uh, is integral to actually like when you confront something or somebody that you love, like to not hold on so much that you actually end up like squeezing them to death in a way <laughs> like uh, or yeah Uh, you know ruining the situation in some way even afterwards like with yourself like overly thinking about it too much and ruminating oh my god you know there's a sorry that interrupt you know there's a phrase have you been this have you seen that movie like spirit away something like that it's like el viaje de chihiro it's like yeah 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 it's, it's, I, I am sure you have seen them like in, in one of moment of the movie like the girl is like someone gave her flowers and she says like, oh mom, I ruined my flowers. And she says like, because you hold them too much, like you got too attached to them. You have hold them like so strong to you. You have like, you broke them. I was like, no, well that hurt so much. Like I got, like, I feel like that was for me. I was like, no, I broke my flowers because I got too attached to them. And it's true. It's true. Sometimes you break things when you get too, like you hold them too tight. Mm-hmm. That's why. I- Until you find a person that is for you. And then, no, you don't. Because <laughs> the person is going to feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think even with, like, a, a healthy relationship, at least for me, like, it's, like, not holding too tight. Like, I think when you start getting, like, jealous or you start, like, um, uh, wanting things to be a certain way, you can end up kind of, like, the whole reason why you genuinely love somebody is that they, is, is for who they are. So you have to kind of, uh, accept their their agency and their autonomy and their potential and that involves even accepting the potential that maybe they're not with you like that's kind of what like love is like it can't be this like mm-hmm. this like trying to imprison people in this one situation which is really hard and that's probably why like you said like love uh can be like such an exception because it's it's rare when you find a situation where that works out um, totally it's rare like we both are going like to we want we both want this we are both like wanting to build this like together like we are the timing we are like the timing the personality the good sex the so many factors come on yeah. like it's difficult this is exception that works and but then it's what makes connections so special it was it what makes partnerships so special it what makes 
that is that it's not that common. So mm-hmm. I've, in a way, I cherish that. Every time it doesn't something doesn't work, it's like it's just like there are a lot of amazing people. But if it didn't work, it didn't work. Like you have to be sure that you give your best and just stay with that. I give mm-hmm. my best. I try my best. And when you tried your best, I think you your mind is at peace. You're mm-hmm. at ease with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's quite nice. Um, what what do you think is sort of like the role of spirituality in love and in like relationships like do you think that it 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 should play a larger role in uh like the dating world like in like nowadays um i know that's like a very vague no but i i think i i I got an answer i think i Mm -hmm. understand a bit what i I would say like in two ways it's amazing when you're like both personal and maybe interested in like the topic like spiritual topic i think it's like a great way too much it's amazing when the other person is like you like you know that phrase is like find someone that understands your soul so you don't have to translate yeah your whole life so mm. i think it's very good when you're like in the same and yeah. i to find someone that can teach you something about like teach me and i teach you i think everyone is teaching each other but it's good at that, that but i think the key factor spirituality can help in dating is surrender so surrender just saying if this person is for me it's going to work out if it's not because sometimes i feel like a huge part of dating is that anxiety is like he's not texting me he wrote me three words what he's trying to say is like no 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 i'm not doing that that was i was doing it when i was 20 <laughs> now it's like if it going, it's going to work it's going to work if it's not going to work it's not it's not for me i'm not from that person it's, mm-hmm. we he will find someone that's good for him and i will find someone that's good for me because if not, if you put that much energy, like that control, control, it's fear and fear is the opposite of love. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've been like releasing, just like, yeah, it's not detachment. I wouldn't say detach. Is I would say it's just surrender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I quite like that. The idea of uh, the presence of fear in love can be very, I think it, I think it, it hints at like kind of, inequality in a relationship like there's like somebody has all of the the cards and the other person has kind of they have to do everything and and the other person that like is kind of fearful might actually kind of want that situation too they might actually want to uh, be in a situation where at least somebody can like give them validation if they just do the right things uh, for a short period of time um that's I agree super toxic but yeah that's like a but it happens all the time like you know it happens all the time because when fear gets involved especially from like this kind of like when fear gets involved power gets involved and one of the persons like playing the person that is like giving the drug and the drug addict you know like so like oh I will decide when you get the drug and the other person is like anxious like no no I need more I need more like when fear gets involved it gets to a power struggle it's not love it's just a power struggle and i i understand that sometimes we are like used to that because we didn't knew better because mm-hmm. we didn't knew like we don't know we are not nobody teaches how to like ourselves you know mm-hmm. how not to like so i think in a lot of ways it's very important to know that like love is not a power struggle it's not it's mm-hmm. not that do you because think if that... it's that yeah. like you don't need that in your life you, that's yeah. not love you serve better than that mm-hmm do you do you think that there's a place for power in love, or do you think that love can only like um, it can only really happen like 
because because there is something nice about that but i also think it's like super probably very idealistic just how yeah yeah how we yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm too idealistic uh, but yes i think i understand the thing like i know that everything it's like power power is like always there and i understand some kind of like power game but as a game not as a part of a relationship mm-hmm. if like like the power struggle we are going to play it as a game okay but it's not part of the identity of the relationship it's not the core of the relationship i think i see relationships more like like friendships good with good sex because i am training myself to think about that in that way because if not you get it gets really toxic like it gets really toxic like that's why love relationships get more toxic than friendships Mm. And I'm not talking about like open relationships, things like that, because I'm not so evolved. My brain is not that evolved. I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not that in that level. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, universe. But um, it really, I think, no, no, I'm, I can't. I swear, I, I try to brainwash myself to thinking that that's the way I can't. I just, yeah. I, I, would, I would die. I would cry. I would cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Would, I, everybody has their like limits. It's like, a, and like, preferences and stuff and we don't really have much to say in in what but i swear that in in theory it's very nice like like you know like you can be with anyone you're free like but i'm Mm -hmm. like in reality like to be honest i will cry if you are the other someone that goes i will cry i won't lie to you so in theory i'm really understanding you know but then Mm -hmm. in practice i don't think i will be able to do it so i'm not talking about level but if you talk think about it in a friendship Friendship with good sex, and that's the best thing because you want to see your friends grow. You're not that jealous of your friends. There are no like power struggles. There are not competition. You want to see your friends shine. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing you want for your partner. Like shine. Like you know, my mother. She's like always very like very. She she's not like she doesn't agree with people that get married too young because she's your prefrontal cortex is not developed before twenty five. You shouldn't take decisions that are too. That's so funny. I was like she yeah. doesn't. Don't take decisions that will define your life. So she's like, also about that, but she also said, like, a good partnership will give you wings. It will make you, like, top. But a bad relationship, it will destroy you. And it's like that. Partners have a lot of, we have a lot of flat power, like, with each other. It's not like a friendship in a way of that, the, the amount of, like, yeah, how much they get into your life, you know? It's much more. So I think you really, people should be, we should be very picky mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I love the idea of the of it being like a game because there's this, it reminds me of, there's this anthropologist, David Graeber, who's like a yeah. uh, anarchist, like he's, uh, which kind of <laughs> separates him from a lot of other anthropologists. He recently passed away, but he... Uh, he somebody asked him like what he thinks anarchy is and um it's he sees it as like where power isn't like gone but it's like a game and he studied a lot of cultures that um it's it's quite common nowadays to people people either argue that humans are like egalitarian or they're hierarchical and then they will cite like some society and they'll be like oh in this society a long time ago they were really like like they were like kings and then there was like a servant class and then other society other people will say like oh but in this society everybody was like there was no uh there was no ruler and everybody was yes and, it, and so he was kind of like why i think the real question we should be asking is why is there so much variety and one of the reasons is is he found a lot of societies that they would depending on the seasons they would switch 
roles. So like in the summer, they would be very hierarchical and in the winter, they would be very egalitarian. And so your, your neighbor in February would be the king and he would be like uh, ordering you to do stuff. And then in the winter, like maybe you're the king or maybe you guys are like, uh, like friends or something. So, and what it does is that it teaches, it's like a weird sort of equality where it teaches like there's still going to be power and imbalances, but you could be in any role and they could be in any role. And it, and it makes this sort of mutual respect between people. And at least yes, I think. That would be yeah, great. Yeah. If like you with, get a like, partnership. Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah. With a romantic relationship, like I think that it's like they can have their say and they can take the the talking stick and they can like, you know, they can have, have their power. They can have most of the power for a little bit, but then that's knowing that you can also, like there isn't like going to be this imbalance because, yeah, I think people just, just equally just getting along all the time. It would be, I think that almost removes a little bit of the passion also from the, um, like uh, the, the relationship no nothing no. takes out the passion the passion is the the key of the relationship or maybe it's because I, I don't know maybe well, it's because i'm from Latin america but the passion is everything it's the key element of the relationship well there's the passion. That, the, the i think it was like oscar wilde and he says like um he's like art um uh, the economy society uh, everything is about sex except for sex sex is about power yeah that's where like the i think the passion comes in is that it's because it's it's playing with power all the time which i think but sex in a way it's a game the best thing Mm -hmm. about sex is that sex is a game sex is just you just uh, like your mind goes off and you just play a game it's like Mm -hmm. a game it's a sport a game Mm -hmm. that's what is but in my opinion i know that there's no like for we are not giving answers to anything (laughs) like it's my perspective for me it's just like a game that's what Mm -hmm. sex is just we turn off our brain and we just enjoy and like it's a game Mm -hmm. i think like i think that's that's kind of what i'm getting at is that it's like uh power is involved and in relationships and sex it's involved but it's like uh it's not forgetting that at the end of the day it's it's a game like it's fun it's like for play it's not like a the serious distract each other yeah (laughs) i'm very like because i used to do this and I, i think a lot of guys also do this where i think they try to find like um like salvation or some sort of like they have some sort of emptiness and they need to like you know find somebody that will like make them feel like their their life is worth it or something and it's like this really romantic like kind of i think in the end unhealthy uh motivation to end up in a relationship it's not like you know i I think it's much better to pursue somebody because it's like it's playful with them or it's like it's it's like you said like they're like a friend like they're they make you better like because in that i think when you pursue a relationship for the other reason because i told i don't think it's only men i think women like everyone Mm. does that i think then in three months you're going to want to just jump out of the window you know like in six months like that's not like that's not good like this this doesn't have a good end well it's like it's like life is already so intense and can be so difficult why would you add another element of that to uh like like making some almost like your relationships like a self-improvement program or something it's like it's too much like yeah yeah and also like to be honest like so many things sometimes in life um are very mediocre even Mm. if you don't want to like sometimes routine and like you don't know like Good, I understand that because it's life and we have responsibilities, but I'm not doing that in love. 
I'm not going to like, not in love, like not in, I'm not like, no, 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 mm. not in love. You can like, I would never see that in other areas of my life, but not in love. Yeah. <laughs> not in love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like uh, with, I think there's a trend with like therapy talk a lot um, where people talk to their partner in a very kind of distant uh, clinical way that I think mm. kind of, you know, it could like on paper be good, but I think it also removes a bit of like the whole reason why you're like in love with somebody which is like there's like some sort of ambiguity there's some sort of like um shortness of words there's subtext there's like like that's where a lot of the passion young Han he also talks about the, the difference between something being pornographic versus something being erotic and the erotic is something that doesn't show all there's always like something to be disclosed and i think that therapy talk is almost like pornographic for love like it like makes it just so bland and everything's out there and you're talking to each other like um kind of like robots almost um which i don't know for me at least for me i i, I would struggle i think to be interested for that long if, if the relationship became so clinical i guess so like that yeah yeah it needs to be like like a roller coaster but like not like a one that's gonna like kill me or anything like not like in the way in the way that <laughs> the other person in the way forced you to improve yourself like i think being in a relationship is like also like a it's it's uh, must be amazing but it's like a you know it's the other person is like always like pointing you out it's not that easy it's not that comfortable no. it's amazing but it's not comfortable so yeah in a way it's like that because you're like always have to improve the other person is pushing you to get better you're pushing the other person to get better mm -hmm. you evolve faster but it's not comfortable sometimes yeah. sometimes it can be like this because it's good but not all the time because we are trying to improve each other i try to do, do that even with my friends mm -hmm. they do that with me i think they always push me out trying to improve but <laughs> so it's a good thing about relationships mm-hmm do, do you think that like that's why sometimes people just are in dating they're just looking for almost like to date themselves in some way because they know that they if they find somebody that's exactly like them then they won't have to deal with the ups and downs they can just kind of like <laughs> they can just live a very cool but do you think you can avoid you can avoid the ups and downs in their relationship i yeah. don't think so no, i don't no. i think if you can run away from them you can't mm -hmm. <laughs> but you need to like instead of like avoiding it's like okay we're both of us like i trying we both like in this relationship we both want this to like last so we are both going to together fight mm -hmm. this problem fight this issue like talk this problem talk until we are tired but we talk this like mm -hmm. communication about mm -hmm. everything yeah and yeah. then you will be good yeah no i i, I agree um let me just see if i have i have any because we already it's been an hour Ooh. um we got into thing. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, I guess like my last thing is uh, to go back to psychology. Um, can do you think like spirituality can help answer sort of the the more difficult issues um, in psychology, like like consciousness, self insight? I know you mentioned Carl Jung. Like um, he yes. he was famous for trying to unite like spirituality with uh psychoanalysis um you, yeah. he was leo like you he was leo i love him no, like, i love him yeah yes I, I, if i could choose a one person like it is that to have a dinner and a talk i would be him like oh my god That's what a mind what a mind genius <laughs> um no oh, no no i love him mm -hmm. but i think 
totally, totally. I think if you go even with like the psychologists, for example, Victor Frank, uh, those kinds of psychologists, more the existentialism part of psychology mm-hmm. that in a way, spiritual is like a huge part of like their psychology treatment, we can say. Mm-hmm. Even that perspective, I think spirituality, it's, you know, I don't know. I think every, we all need that because sometimes life, you sometimes there are some things in life that are so hard, even the the daily life, you know, it gets so, it can get so like, oh, hey, this is all there is out there. Or something's really hard happened to you that someone that you love dies or something takes like, like really hard things. Like if you don't brought like spirituality in the scene, if you don't put that part there, I don't think I would not be able to to cope with life. I won't say that in the, because that's very, that's very dramatic, but I think we all need that. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. I think, do, yeah, it's like, yeah. compliment. Mm-hmm. How how do you uh, like personally practice like spirituality in in your life? If that's not too intimate of a question, no, I know. Come on, you gotta ask me. What you, nothing is. I gotta ask me whatever. Um, I think most of thing I do is first of all meditation in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know, but when I stop meditating, I can feel the difference. So meditation in the morning. Uh, for me, like reading at night is like a kind of like meditation because I try to read something like, you know, this, this way. I'm not, I'm not going to read about economics at night. You know, I want to go to sleep reading about this kind of like really deep message, like something else that's not so like of the physical word. So that meditation, reading, writing, writing. Yeah. And in a way I, I pray a lot. I, I pray a lot all the time, but it's not like a praying. In, I don't, I like religions in general. I like to learn about them. So in a way, when I learned about religions is I feel like I'm like feeding my spiritual side too, because I'm like learning from them. So even hearing like podcasts or like interviews or hearing my friends talking about their religions or trying to read something about that religion, that's in a way it helps me to feed my spirituality because mm-hmm. it gives me like knowledge. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So for me, it's very hand-to-hand with meditation, affirmations, writing, and acquiring new knowledge. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And you? For you? <laughs> well, I mean, like, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because I feel like this is a aspect of my life that I think I have neglected for a while. Like, I meditate or, like, uh, like but I'm not good at, like, doing it consistently. And... Uh, I have more recently like been very interested in like awe. It's one of the reasons why I went to Patagonia was yeah. because I wanted to, I feel like that can be a very spiritual um, experience in terms of experiencing something, seeing something, uh, being with something That's that cool. you can't like bring words to really, like you can't explain it. And it, it kind of alters you in some way. It kind of puts things yeah. into a different perspective. Um, and there's so much like research on this also. I was like, I made like a, a very strong effort to at least like once a week, try to do like watch a movie or go to an art show or just even go and like walk in like the parks in like Montreal just to, or go to concerts, like just something to like, that feels just kind of like a, you know, awe, like you're like, you're wowed by something. Um, yes. You're connected. I think each one connects with that energy in a different way mm-hmm. i think people some people do it when they are running i think like really like some people when they are swimming some people when they're just like 
sitting down, drinking their coffee. Like I think we all are, the thing about spirituality is like knowing that it's already inside of you. Like in a way, like God is like inside of you. So it's just recognizing that energy, reconnecting with that energy in yourself. It's not something outside of you. It's just something inside of you. So just find a way in which you feel good that feels you like you are connecting with the source again. You, you know, like there was when I used to meditate more consistently, there was like a, sometimes after like if I would go beyond 30 minutes or something, I would start to feel like really, really good, like a weird. Like of, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like weird. And I remember it would kind of scare me because I was like, that's it's so weird because you could just be sitting in your room and then um but the feel the joy. Yeah, but the trick was like I had to really not be like thinking about it or doing it because of that. It was like always but I hadn't like had that feeling for a long time. And then like surrender. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you just I don't know, everything is just kind of good. But the uh near Bariloche, like uh there's Isla Victoria, like the I don't know if you know, there's like those, it's the very famous trees. They're called like myrtle. They would be kind of like myrtle trees. Um, they're, uh, they're this kind of very light brown and they kind of have like white patches on them. And they're very, very, very old. Yes, I, I know think, what you Yeah, yeah. And you have to like take a boat like uh, like two hours to go see them. And I, like, think, I think I know. I haven't been there, but I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. But I was, yeah, I was there and there's something about it was... I was kind of left alone. Like we kind of walked into like a path where there was nobody. And uh, I was like, I, I, I kind of felt that again. Like it was just kind of like, yes. it was the air quality was just so like nice. And the trees, it was just kind of, they were kind of swaying like a little bit. And uh, the sun was like kind of going through, but it really like, uh, it was the whole reason why I guess I kind of went like uh, was for something like that. Like it was just to, um, uh, I guess feel something like that and I do I do believe like life is like probably at its most justifiable or it's like the reason why we live is for these kind of brief you can call them spiritual moments or just moments of of awe or um feeling of connection and like like peace with yourself and like with other people um and uh I I, I guess I encourage people to like go and, and like writing also I feel that too like when I'm writing and making stuff I can feel that way but yeah um but yeah I think overall I, I need to I need to work on this area a bit more uh the spiritual dimension the spiritual. Yeah. but yeah. to be honest it's like really about connecting with yourself but I think even like for example I I think that I have been work, trying to work on my spiritual side, like since I'm a kid because of these things that I told you that happened. But I think that sometimes even I feel like disconnected. So sometimes to find, this helps me a lot, to find a therapist that is like very, that area related, if you can, of course, if you can afford therapy and things like that, but if you can have that, maybe that, like having a therapist that is more related to that area, to have like mm -hmm. a spiritual mentor, you know, I think we need that. Like we need some guidance sometimes. So I, I think that helped me a lot. That even helps me in the days I feel disconnected. Mm -hmm. Like she, you know, she's like my, she guides, she guides me. Not, she doesn't give me, she just guides me back to myself. Like how to go back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think in a way having mentors, I have like a spiritual guide or something like it can can redirect you back to yourself. It's very good. Okay, so I will. Uh, that was that was everything I have to ask you. If you have anything to ask me, um, also, um, if not, 
thank you very much for coming on. Um, but yeah. I have something to ask. I have something. Oh, you else. do? Okay. Yeah. I want to know what, how would you like define like a happy, because we were like got into this topic about relationship. Like how would you define in your words? I want your personal opinion, like a happy relationship. A happy relation, like a happy romantic relationship. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think it's kind of what I said. It's where two people honor each other's agency and at the same time appreciate each other's presence in their life um, with the idea that in some way you are not filling a void for the other person, but you are enhancing their uh, existence in some way. Um, ah, it's yeah. so good. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a really good, that's a really Thank good. You. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, super easy question to answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, yeah, yeah, just a little normal question, daily questions. <laughs> I thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. My oh, pleasure no, to be it here. Was, it was great. Sorry so much for uh, taking so long to respond and stuff. It took me going no, to Argentina to remember, and then I was like, right, please, <laughs> but don't worry. No, no, no. I'm super chill. You know, mm. don't worry. Don't worry. Um, and I was reading on your website, you're also, you're, you're writing a book right now. You're in the process of writing yeah. a book. Yes. Okay. And do you have an idea of when roughly that'll, uh, I think if everything goes good, I don't know, but maybe by the beginning of next year, by the beginning of next year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So thank you for coming on. You can check out, uh, Camila's. Uh, Instagram, uh, Duali Cosmica, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me.